0: Welcome to Improving Intimacy, a podcast to help single and married Latter-day Saints strengthen their family connections and marriages. Daniel A. Burgess is the host of Improving Intimacy. Daniel's a marriage and family therapist, father, husband, and author. Here's Daniel on this episode of Improving Intimacy. All right, men, welcome to today's episode. I've got a special guest for us today. This is Daniel Burgess. So he is a, a family therapist. He um, that runs Ascent Family Therapy and uh, helps couples and individuals with uh, with their marriages. And um, I, I met him in his Facebook group, Improving Intimacy in, used to be called Mormon marriages. Now it's called in Latter-day Saint marriages. I complied. <laughs> Um, so yeah, anything else you want the, the the audience to know about you, Daniel?
1: That's great. I I love that. Uh, yeah, come check it out.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does great work. I have really enjoyed you know his. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you know his his group and the and the stuff he's doing. Um, so so yeah, so today we're talking about a, a, a more sensitive topic, at least in the the LDS community, uh, which is masturbation and uh, Daniel's done um, a lot of study about this, a lot of work on it. Um, you know, it was coming into your group actually, Daniel, that kind of got me thinking about it in a different way and, and was really a good uh, journey. Wonderful. For me, actually, so I appreciate your your, your work on that. Um, so I guess what, what I wanted to start with, and I think this is really the big question most uh, LDS people's minds is whether masturbation is actually a sin or not. And when I, so when I asked that question, I wanted to look up what sin actually was. And so like, I think this is a good definition an immoral act that's considered to be a transgression against divine law, meaning there's a law that says no masturbation. And then when you break that, you are breaking that law. Yeah. Yeah. So, So yeah. That's Thoughts a great that.
1: question. It's it's one that I get quite frequently. And uh, to kind of set up the answer here, I, I just did an interview for my podcast, uh, Improving Intimacy for Latter-day Saint Relationships, uh, with uh, Carrie Ferguson, who wrote the book, The OCD Mormon. And the reason why I bring that up is a big part of our discussion something that I've seen definitely in clients who tend to ask this question is, rigidity in their thinking around spirituality and sin, and how that negatively affects, ironically, um, maybe even paradoxically, our spirituality. A fabulous book, a wonderful person, uh, and we explored those thoughts in deep, and I'll reference you to that uh, for further discussion. But in short, uh, you know, I love that definition uh, that I learned, at least on my mission, was anything acting against the will of God is sin. And sin is essentially a guide for us to draw closer to him, not to sin, to draw closer to him, right. but to avoid sin or things that separate us from God. Uh, and I, when we can think about it in that context, we can now see self-mastery in a different view. You know, we even talk about transgression. Uh, Joseph Fielding Smith says there's a big difference between transgression and sin. Transgression are the things that we as humans learn to be better at, that Heavenly Father expects us to make mistakes. That's why the attempt is there. Now to answer that question, is masturbation a sin? Um, I, I don't want to sound avoidant of the answer, but it really depends. It really depends on the person. Is is drawing you closer to God? Is this helping you understand your body? Is this creating better self-awareness, self-mastery? Is it creating peace in your life? If it isn't, then that needs to be explored um, and understood better. That's the whole purpose of this life is to master our minds and our bodies. And what does that look like? Especially when we're dealing with different biology and not, you know, sometimes people say you should never masturbate. Well, that may be true for that person. Uh, That may not be a biological need, or when I use the word need here, I'm I'm talking about uh, experiences that provide enjoyment and pleasure. Of course, we could go a whole lifetime without masturbating and not die, right? right? And I've heard people use that argument, you won't die, so you don't need it. Well, then we could go to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We won't die without people loving us in our life, but our life will be pretty miserable, right? Uh, right? Yeah, I mean, and there are, ch- there are cases actually that, that children have died out of neglect of, of love, and that's true. Uh, but for I think the point is there is, I, I think when we look at this in a very rigid way, is it a sinner, black and white, we, we kind of cross in this line of kind of obsessive compulsive thought process or scrupulosity, yeah. Um, and focus more on the rule than our relationship with ourself and the Lord.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love that. I, I love that idea of uh, those questions that, that you posed of instead of is this a sin, which like you said is is about, oh, right, wrong, you know, did I, did I follow the rule right or did I not follow the rule right? It's like, no, you know, is this bringing me closer to God? Is this, um, you know, helping me? enjoy my life more i think once you're married a, an important question with however you're using your sexuality is is this bringing me closer to my to my spouse or not um and i think with that too you mentioned you know i think for uh, for women this happens maybe sometimes more than guys where that exploration process maybe hasn't happened as much as it has maybe with some guys before marriage and um you know, actually exploring that and figuring out what works for you, you know, can be a gift to yourself and to your uh, to your marriage. But th- thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the main goal. Uh, and that's why I set up my group Improving Intimacy and Latter-day Saint Relationships is for us, what are we doing in our relationships, our intimate relationships that we can improve on to draw us closer to God? That is the underlining and the core focus here. How can we understand and learn god and draw closer to him and in our relationships and so that could involve often we we sacrifice or we ignore or we neglect our sexual self and don't really explore and understand that like we do the other aspects of our spiritual life to draw closer to god and so this is very much a negotiation a discussion with our partner and with the lord and as long as it's in that confined i believe it's healthy. Whatever that decision is, I have seen masturbation benefit and reward relationships like no other thing has in their life. It provides options. It provides a discussion. And I think as long as you're taking it to the Lord and, and you're addressing it with your your spouse and you come up with what works for you, then you're doing what the Lord wants you to do, drawing closer to him and your, your spouse.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So, with that kind of to, to look at the the other side of this right because I think some people hearing that they're gonna think, oh well then you know it, then I can do whatever I want yeah. like if my if I want to go have sex with a bunch of other people and like we're both okay with that, then that should be fine, right um, yeah. so what what would you what would you say to, to that? thought well oh, you know i i i prayed about it and like you know that was my answer it was fine to, to go do that
1: yeah it, it, well it's interesting because uh, that i i heard kind of two different questions or comments there's one kind of this non-monogamous exploration as long as you agree with it it's fine Um, and the other one is anything, well, I guess that kind of the same thing, you know, anything goes now. And the first thought I would have or, or question is this seems to fall under this black and white thinking is either it's absolutely right or it's absolutely wrong. And I think the Lord has definitely, at least in our day, made some clear guidelines in the temple. We specifically commit to each other in, in this relationship, um, now does that mean uh anything goes or 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 not I, I think there's definitely a, a a constraint there we've committed very specifically to each other that we will figure this out between each other and the Lord I don't think there's a carte blanche there that says yeah anything outside of your relationship is okay the purpose like I was pointing out is is it drawing you closer to your spouse and to the Lord? Do you feel like you're honoring your temple covenants that you specifically made? Now, when we talk about masturbation and things that help improve desire towards each other, um, I I think those things are open for discussion and prayer with Heavenly Father. Now, going back to your question, some can argue, well, we've both decided we feel closer to each other when we could explore outside of the relationship. And I'll be frank. If if that's what you have decided, I I personally don't think that's what the Lord has, has said, and I don't I I don't see any justification for that. Um, and so I, I I'm not going to tell somebody that they they got false revelation. That's not my job as a therapist. My my job is is to help them understand how to live a healthier life. Right. I, and so there's an argument for everything, and I I could totally see where people can, and I've seen it. You know, well I'm going to go and do whatever. And when I hear that phrase though, that triggers this kind of black and white thinking going from one extreme of rigidity to another. And I would push on that. I would really explore that. Is that really what you're doing? Are are you going from a, what I'm going to just say kind of like a a repressed or rigid thinking to, wow, the doors just blew open. I'm going to do whatever I want. That would be a concern to me. And I would explore that, uh, uh, first that's that's a concern to me
0: yeah no, i i think you brought up something super important i think they're both basically immature reactions oh, excellent. yeah yeah it's like it's like oh either somebody has to tell me everything i have to do or nobody can tell me anything that i have to do right okay. like they're both pretty immature um versus saying like look okay here's here's my read of the scriptures or you know if that's if that's what i believe we're kind of assuming someone's sort of like uh, active LDS or christian like trying to do what god wants them to do um and you know if you come into it with that in mind and you're like hey like i read the scripture you know i, I did if you went to the temple like i made these promises i'm gonna be just be faithful to my wife. So like I want to keep it within that. Um, but then within that, like you said, like growing, developing that maturity to say, yeah, this this does help and this does not help. Um, you know, one of the things that I like is is by by their fruits he shall know them. And I think that yes. so applies here. You know, mm-hmm. if you try it and the fruit is good, good. If you try it and the food is not good you say, okay, like, you know, that was an experiment, wasn't good, we're gonna cut that one off. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, good points.
0: Yeah, um, so for the, like, maybe to satisfy some of the, the more uh, OCD Mormon folks out there, uh, I, know, I know you've done quite a bit of research on how sort of the, you know, the church has looked at masturbation over time um, and kind of how that, has shifted sort of back and forth. Maybe you could just give us sort of a brief kind of summary of how that's gone.
1: Yeah, really, really quick summary here. There's very little documentation from the the restoration uh, from like 1830 to about 1890. We're getting more and more as the Joseph Smith Papers are in development, and it's exciting uh, public access. A lot of people go to it. When I was researching it, I had to spend hours and hours in archives and trying to find these documentation, there really isn't much. In fact, we had a very, uh, if I could use the word, progressive view of intimacy. Uh, We were a very different church. We viewed sexual relationships as beautiful. And uh, in a time that uh, orgasms were viewed as dangerous and lethal, uh, they literally believed that each time you had an orgasm, you took years off your life this was that idea back then that really didn't end until about 1920s maybe a little earlier than that and we had a very opposing view to that not in a very positive way and we only start to see uh if even if i could say it's negative comments about masturbation only in the context of serious transgressions where Uh, people are having, um, I want to be appropriate for the show, let's just say sexual abuse issues. Let's just keep it in those terms. And uh, there's ideas that were prominent at that time, not not just in the church, but because we're a melting pot of religions at the the Restoration, we, we have a lot of traditional cultural ideas being brought in thinking that masturbation led to certain behaviors, including homosexuality and to other sexual transgressions. And so the only things you can really find that I'm aware of now, and I've, I've researched this extensively, as you mentioned, is in meeting notes where some brethren will say it's because they did this, and they would reference masturbation, and this is where it would lead there was no, there was never any official stance against masturbation. In fact, it was uh, about 1920 that uh, there was a conference address of some guest who says, we approach sexuality, and I could provide these links and references to you offline and you could include, but um, saying, I'm impressed that you Latter-day Saints can talk about sexuality, including masturbation so openly, which blew my mind. I was like, really? They, I mean, not only to recognize that, but to even make it part of a public address. Um, and, and then in uh, 1930, um, the Relief Society president at the time was called to provide mental health guidance to the church. And she provided, uh, Amy Lyman Brown, it provided these lessons. And one of those lessons was parents, don't overreact to your children masturbating you'll cause depression anxiety even suicidal thoughts very fascinating it wasn't until about the 40s that president clark started interject other ideas and long story short i uh, my interpretation of that was because of the kinsey books came out on human sexuality and the father of the sexual revolution and i think the church was trying to do something to differentiate ourselves from that movement which i both understand but also see kind of a uh Shift in the opposite direction. And it's only at that time that we see really negative comments and emphasis on the dangers of masturbation and emphasizing it as a sin. And then we see this changing in the mid 80s um, due to seeing, Amy Lyman Brown was right, we're seeing an increase of depression, suicidal thoughts, and negative behavior, unhealthy behavior. And so since the 80s, we've been seeing a, a more healthy shift towards look it, this doesn't cause homosexuality, it doesn't cause uh, all these things that we believe they did, uh, and it is part of a healthy development. Um, And so they haven't specifically come out and and reversed some of those comments for strength of youth manuals and whatnot, but we definitely see a shift of them eliminating those phrases and terminologies out of the manuals and handbooks. and and seeing a more positive shift towards look figure this out between you and the Lord, especially in marriage. Uh, so that's a really really horrible summary, but a, a quick summary. I thought summary it was great. Of, okay, good, good. <laughs> I thought that Very was a great summary. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, I, I think the the way that after I read through your your materials, the way I looked at it was like it's it's okay, or it's you know even like part of normal development it wasn't even
1: addressed. Yeah,
0: yeah. To Bad, bad, bad. And now we're kind of coming back up to like, I think like you said, like President uh, Nelson's really focusing on personal revelation and like using this, uh, like this can be a place where you really can use personal revelation and you really can, you know, look at what are the, the fruits of, you know, exploring that of, you know, looking at how sexuality is part of who you are Um, yeah
1: and and let me let me add real quick one thing when we analyze developments in the church whether doctrinal history or whatever we we make a mistake of seeing things in isolation and we got to realize there was a lot going on during that period of the 40s we had one of the fastest booming growths of the church to this date from like the 40s to the 70s and so the brethren were also trying to address how do we address a growing church and they they created the department of correlation and everything else and so they try to standardize teachings across an entire world of membership and so there's bound to be learning uh, uh, lessons learned in things not perfectly instituted and so I, I think it's important for us to kind of take ourselves out of the vacuum and and realize thousands of variables are involved here it's not just is something we go back to that rigidity is something right or wrong and i think we're what we're doing is now we're learning how do we how do we teach a worldwide church not just a salt lake church anymore
0: yeah yeah awesome and uh, super helpful i think like uh, like you mentioned it's it's not so much but we're trying to grow out of the even like you know home teaching like oh once a month go 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 and now it's like minister meaning take care of these people and use like your judgment and your like what these excellent example and addressing that um and i think with with sexuality we're starting to see some of that as well it just um you know there there are structures like there are lines i think you know being sexually faithful to your wife is a pretty clear line or her husband right um if, as far as like an actual commandment or like an actual law that, that god's given us um but then outside of that saying okay like how do i like sexuality is part of who i am Um it, it's weird but jennifer Finlayson in five talks about this how like god is a sexual being and like Heavenly Mother is a sexual being. It's weird for us to think about, but like we're created in their image, like they have that too. And and like, how did they use that? One of the things that that you work with people who struggle with pornography too, um, and or want to use less or whatever. Yeah, one of the things that I've encouraged people to ask themselves is like, okay, I have my sexuality. Like, how do I want to use that in the, yes. in the world? um and then that becomes the standard right instead of oh can i do this or can i do that it's like no like so for me my own like statement is you know, i want to use my sexuality to connect deeply with and have fun with my wife and so it, now i look and say okay is this helping me get there or is it detracting from that and that's been mm-hmm. much more useful than going down this you know ocd
1: yeah
0: <laughs> ocd and-
1: track I- especially for the men and i want to i want to emphasize this for us men one of the negative consequences of how we've treated sexuality over the years and i'm not just speaking church culture but it definitely was reinforced by church culture is is men talking about sexuality is synonymous with creepiness and weird and dangerous and we've we've unfortunately associated words like lust as a negative thing. And I realize like Matthew 5.27 uses the word lust. And this is a perfect example of how we've had a false narrative created for us. And this is what I mean. Uh, Matthew 5.27 is actually a misinterpretation. The word actually should be coveted, not lust. Lust is actually that specific word translated correctly, is used as a positive throughout scripture. In Luke 2, 22, 15, Matthew 13, 17. Luke 15, 16, and Luke 16, 21, all describe Christ himself lusting after something, whether it's the Passover or righteousness or, <laughs> or um, whatever. And I realize it's a little nuanced, but I think it's an important nuance because yeah. I often hear, I've got to avoid lust. And why is this important? Because he emphasizes it's scripturally based. Lust means to desire beauty, to desire something good, godlike. Covet is negative. It's not Christ-focused. It's not God-focused, which has resulted us men specifically. Let me emphasize why I'm bringing this up to because this conversation I frequently have with colleagues and clients is. Uh, if you you may be wondering, and I realize I'm blending a little bit of top topics here, but bear with me, is you may be wondering, well, am I rigid in my thinking? No, I just wanna be perfect. Well, that's one indicator that you might actually have rigid scrupulosity thinking. Um, and the other is that, um, my mind just went blank, <laughs> sorry. Um, that uh, you can't, oh, that's what it was. You can't pray to God about your desires. And I see this more with men than with women. And this is a constant paradox. It's like women who speak up about sexuality are praised for the the courageousness. Men who talk up about their sexuality or I pray to God about this will be perceived as creepy or weird, or we may feel creepy or weird. I can't talk to God about my sexuality. That may be an indicator that you have rigid thinking around this. If our heavenly parents desire us to have sexual feelings and desires, we should be able to freely talk to them about it, and if we can't, it—that's the negative narrative I believe that we've been taught as men. And if we want sexual relationships, we're, we're looked at as pawing or uh, or begging or or sex focus or lusting after. No, it's beautiful. We desire to have sexual relations with our spouse. And we need to speak up and break that narrative and rewrite how we talk about that and how that talk is being perceived. I think that's why a lot of men default to the joking or the silliness or or, or whatever, because that's what they've been told to do mm-hmm. and who they are. And we need to take back that narrative. And and like the women can, I'm to I'm gonna. <laughs> I want to talk about sexuality and be praised for it. It's a beautiful, healthy thing. I desire to be a sexual being, and that's not weird. Yeah. And I think that's something we manage to remember.
0: Yeah. Oh, great point. Great point. Yeah, I think um, yeah, when we look at owning that and and directing that, you know, it's a powerful force, powerful energy, and you know, deciding how I want to direct it. I love the what you said about you know. Yep taking it to god saying look i have these desires like what's the way to direct them uh like you know in alma talks about bridling our passions Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't mean that you stop your passions or like kill your passions it's no you you bridle them you direct them you
1: know to where you want to go and one one last thought on on this whole idea of what it looks like to desire um, one of the things that I find is beautiful in my relationship with my wife, and I think is appropriate, is we are able to say, that person looks beautiful, male or female. Uh, she's attractive. He's attractive. And there, it, our relationship is not threatened. Our trust in our relationship is solid. It isn't dependent on whether or not we speak up our desires or not. And that's a false narrative. That's that's another false narrative is now... I. In context, right, if, for example, trauma history, we've gotta respect and understand that context. Uh, We can't just say, tough, I don't care about your trauma, or I don't care about your insecurities. Uh, I've worked with a client in the past where the wife acknowledged she has huge amounts of insecurities, and because her husband, she found her husband was looking at an Instagram model, not even pornography in its truest sense, and he acknowledged it, he's never had a history of anything. Anything She's required him to purge himself of any of that desire versus her looking at her self and, and building on her uh, issues around insecurity. It's a team effort. You both need a partner in this experience as I think you know and, and understand. But when it becomes a one-sided thing, blaming a partner and there's clearly breaking the line, right? It's it's interesting though when we when a woman says they desire or they think something that's beautiful, it could be totally fine and not a threat to a relationship. But if a man says that this is that false narrative, it's impossible for a man to see something that's beautiful, acknowledge it, and still have a fully committed um, cleaving unto their partner relationship. And and we're told often that that's not possible. We're we're not as simple creatures on and off switches as I think we've been taught. We also desire connection and monogamy. We just also are trying to understand how to express and experience desire.
0: Yeah, I I like that idea a lot. And I think, you know, there's, um, you know, when you do get to a level of sexual intimacy that is, really connected where you are sharing who you are at a deep level with this person and they're sharing with you. And, you know, that's just something that when we, when we talk about like save yourself for marriage and we teach our kids, hey, it's like save yourself for marriage. Why do you do that? Because ideally, like when you have sex with your wife, you are sharing your whole soul with that person. Like this is who you want to, with is who you want to raise a family with this is who you want to you know spend your life with and you know that all comes through through this physical act um and that's why you save it it's not because it's like wrong and then all of a sudden it's right it's like no this is something so powerful and good and connecting that you want to choose someone really special to, to do that with so so then to put that in context so you say oh yeah that girl is hot or whatever doesn't mean I want to connect with this person physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and spend my life with them. Like, no, when you have sex with them, when when you—that's you black and white thinking, right? Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think when you do experience that connection, it's just so rich and powerful that
1: you know it's something that you want
0: to. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, enjoy. I was just
1: telling my wife this morning. I actually thanked her. I says, "I'm so thankful." And this is sparking from a, a thread that I was following and how uh, people were arguing that they, they can't even look. They can't have any other desires except for unto their wife. And well, at its core, I believe that I, the only desire I have is for my wife. I also, I, I turned to her as I was waking up. I says, I'm really thankful that you can tell me you find certain things attractive. That's beautiful to me. That tells me that you have desire, that you you have Uh, an appreciation for these things. And in no way do I ever feel threatened. It's never a feeling of like, oh, you want me to look like that. That's my insecurity if I ever feel that way. Uh, and, And I would actually be concerned if she never said that, if she never pointed out, wow, she has a good butt. Oh, he has good abs. I would wonder, do you... Do you, is your blood cold? Do you, not, do you not see these things? Do you not appreciate it? It's like looking at art. Can't we look at other things, art or things that are beautiful? And are we afraid that our partner is going to become more attracted to that thing? I'm not trying to be silly, but in all seriousness, I mean, we we should have interests and desires. That doesn't mean we're going to make a commitment or break a relationship because of it. I think it's very objectifying, <laughs> I think it's ironically objectifying to say that men can't have more complex experiences and a commitment solely to their partner while also appreciating something that looks beautiful.
0: Yeah, Yeah. one thing that I've noticed myself doing too is if if I find my thoughts, so yeah, you, you can appreciate, oh yeah, she's that's a good looking girl, she's pretty. But if I notice that I'm starting to run down that track of like, you know, attraction or wanting to like have sex with this person like what I found more useful for myself instead of like trying to just shut that all down be like no 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 don't think that I actually go the other way I'm like okay let's say that it goes that way like is that really what I want like do I want to destroy my family do I Excellent. want to like um, be that example to my kids do I want to do all that then all of a sudden it's like know <laughs> like, mm-hmm. is it is that worth a few seconds of pleasure or yeah. you know definitely not and that for, for me that's been a lot more helpful than trying to be like oh this is bad don't you know don't think that way
1: yeah that's that's what we call acceptance commitment therapy good for you is, <laughs> and, and i think you hit it on the head right there is if you start to think you want to have sex with this thing or this person you think is beautiful address that thought right that's i i think that's a narrative that we've been taught that's as soon as we find a woman or a person attractive we now sexually crave that person we need to break that narrative that doesn't have to be the triggering thought and i i you know everybody's different of course but i i think we've been trained to think that way and i think by addressing that concerning behavior or that concerning thought uh and addressing that or or like you did you experience it you say do you really want to do that that's what's important not shutting down all desire yeah
0: yeah very good awesome well th- thank you so much good. daniel let's do a quick you, you know, quick summary here so you know we talked about the idea of is masturbation a sin or not and i think you, you really put Take it, it to the
1: lord yeah, yeah
0: I, I think you really put it well which is that's actually the wrong question the the question is you know is the way I'm using my sexuality, whether that includes masturbation or whatever, is that bringing me closer to God? Is it bringing me closer to my wife or not, right? Um, and then you ask yourself too, is it in line with, you know, what has clearly been revealed? If that's, you know, if that's an integrity to you to, to be someone that's following basically what God says, he's been cr- pretty clear as far as being monogamous once you're married, but outside of that, there's not like a cut and dry, like this is, how sex is supposed to be in Mm -hmm. in marriage so from there it's more about like you said is this trying me closer to my wife is this trying me closer to god um and then yeah i think that's basically the summary
1: <laughs> excellent no I, I think it's a good summary it's a pleasure as, as always mike uh, likewise yeah very if, good if anybody has i realize it's pretty quick if anybody has any questions or want clarification i know we did a lot in a very short amount of time my my email is always open in my contact you'll, you'll include that information and feel free to reach out
0: yeah great yeah maybe if you just want to uh, call out one more time the, the easiest way to, to find you
1: you know what? Yeah, I run the uh, Scent Family Therapy, but the best way is to go to my my personal website where I have this all specifically for Latter-day Saints is my name, my full name, danielaburgess.com. Uh, and you'll find everything with the Improving Intimacy there and all the articles that you referenced um, and my blogs and my podcast there and my contact info. So Daniel A. Burgess at uh, excuse danielaburgess.com. Perfect. Perfect. Hey, thanks
0: so much, Daniel. I appreciate your yep. time today. And uh, all right, stay strong, man. We will see you next episode.
1: Thank you.